God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? <laughs> it is about that time guys we've been off for a bit thankfully we were uh enjoying ourselves we hope that you were enjoying yourselves over some maybe some turkey or whatever over this thanksgiving break so we we pray that you've been very thankful for a lot of stuff that's been going on we hope that this is also a pleasure for you to listen to and be thankful for these uh four guys yakking you got me dave you got mike clay you got dan clayton you got Ryan Cribs. We thank you guys for being here for the 52nd episode of Life on yeah. Purpose. It's just crazy how it just keeps on just climbing up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like uh, every year there's always a anniversary that we always have to go through, you know? It's always something to say that we've been here another year longer. So, we've got a special special birthday in the house. Oh. Whose birthday was it again? I'm trying speaking to of another year. Yeah, speaking of another year. For yeah, those for those listening and not viewing, he's just slowly melting off the screen. <laughs> just, just disappearing. Daniel, that is. Yeah. He was taking yes. a nap. Yes. <laughs> With my eyes wide open, because that's what you gotta do when you got four kids, right? <laughs> yeah, he was doing his impression of yep. the of the president. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't yep. see him falling downstairs. I, no, kidding. I didn't see that either. He's not battled nope. yet, no. Nope. But I, I do have a, I I do have something to tell you guys. Um, oh dear! Oh, yeah. no. Do Do you know statistically when it is? Uh, there are more house fires. Oh my goodness gracious! It, I would say Thanksgiving because of people trying to fry their turkeys inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, which... Or or they're trying to fry onions inside. And seems like an oddly specific story. I don't know what relevance it has to anything. I have no idea. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, have it, they're, they're trying to fry. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to cut in here and I'm just going to say mistakes were made and I learned oh, no. enough about cooking in oil that I bought an air fryer. <laughs> air fryers are the way to go. There you go. Uh, so hopefully yes. that mistake will not be made next year because there won't be any deep fried oil stuff. Yes. This and, episode and, and, brought to you by KitchenAid. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And Ryan, maybe you could ask Daniel what happens when you take the, the paper towels that you use to get the hot oil off the stove and floor and you put them all into a trash can in the kitchen. Oh my goodness. You see, I just figured that there were some people out there that Man. needed to learn a lesson with me so that they don't. Right. You know? Sounds like, sound like y'all had a party. I want to come next year. I was <laughs> going to say. Like a party. You know what? A party. Was, but was, the worst was... part was that it was going swimmingly. The whole day was just perfect until dad walked in. And that's <laughs> when it happened. It's Literally, my... that is when it happened. It's Mr. Mike's Trouble fault. Walks that, in. That, that, that figures. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, okay i mean maybe it was five minutes after he arrived so well i mean you are a product of my marriage so i guess i could call it your my fault yes (laughs) 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 david goodness gracious david where are we going tonight oh man where are we going tonight? because you know whenever we're uh 
gathering around the table and we're giving thanks and we're telling each other how much we're so thankful. What's the what's the thing that we want to be so thankful for other than just going and shopping? Because all those deals are just so good. And we're just ready to get those 50% off, 60% off. And we're like, woohoo. And I worked in retail. So I've been on the other side of that whole entire mm. frenzy. And oh, uh, dear. it's always so crazy how you know, you know, these people are so happy sitting at the table. But then they come see you and they're just so mean. <laughs> they want their deal so bad. <laughs> And uh, it's always so funny. We we're so thankful. Then we're right away we're ready to go shopping. But yeah. I mean, there's some yeah. there were some pretty good deals online there. Just saying. Oh yeah, so, I saw many of them. I saw one that was great. It was one for the price of two, second one free. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, they gotta get you somehow. You know, you mm -hmm. see that free sign just makes you go. If you I need to pause it. this and think about that for a minute, feel free to do so. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Somebody just broke out their credit card and then was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. That's not how that goes. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what should we be thankful for, guys? I mean, what is the absolute number one thing in all the world that we should be thankful for? Mm. Salvation. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd vote I'd vote that. What about Dave? David? Daniel, you breathing, breathing would be pretty good. You yeah. know, staying alive, breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, yeah. Well, it's, since, it's since one. Ryan stole, since Ryan stole the, the one. Yeah. I'll go with being thankful that, um, we never run out of chances to do things right or do things better the next time. Mm hmm. Mm. Well, let, let's go with let's go with salvation, redemption. Let, let's mm -hmm. let's run with this one just for a minute, okay? Now, being older than all three of you, probably two of you combined, um, I remember the days before Walmart, okay? Before K, before Walmart, we had Kmart, or mm -hmm. as my mother of blessed memory always called it, Kmart. Don't know where she got that <laughs> from, but. Uh, Kmart was an interesting experience because you have all these people that are there um, and they're, you know, they're shopping for the, the very best deal and everything. And all of a sudden over the loudspeaker is attention Kmart shoppers, blue light special on aisle three and the whole store, everybody in the store runs over to the, this blue light It literally is a, a Hole with a blue light on the top of it and they all run over there and they start going crazy over whatever is there and it's usually it's like something that nobody needed you know you're in north florida in the summer and it's arctic coats you know but because it's a blue light special everybody's going to buy it um so i i'm just kind of thinking about this that has has modern day religion turned redemption into kind of like the blue light special are, are we looking for uh a a type of redemption that we don't need to pay full price for <laughs> mm. hmm. i'm sitting here chuckling mm. a little bit because uh it's always funny there was a meme just to play off what you're saying mike about how 
you'll go looking for something and you'll see the exact same thing on one website to the other website. But website A has it at 15 or 14.95 for shipping. The other one is free shipping. Because they had free shipping, that you just you immediately look at that one. It's amazing that word free. Mm-hmm. Why we're attracted to that so much or 50, 60%, like whatever, those numbers. The bigger the number, the better, we think. And you have to wonder if that hasn't played also into this entire idea of the bigger picture of what our lives are really for, right? It says in scripture where our lives are for, for the Father, for the our Messiah, like all that stuff. Like, why do we look at it and cheapen it out so much? We, we'll just look at it and just like, ah, you know, no big deal. I'm just going to continue living my life. I don't want to... I'll, I'll I'll put my stamp on it. Yeah, you can sign me up for that free thing. I'll do that, but I, I don't want nothing more. I just, I'll sign up for the free thing. I'll sign mm. up for the free thing. Oh, yeah, salvation? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, oh, there's requirements to it? Oh, man. Oh, can I do that next week? I got, I got a really busy schedule. I really mm. can't get to that right now. Mm. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna pull a Ryan. Uh-oh. And I'm going to read I'm going to read a quote here. Uh-oh. Nice. By by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read the quote as it is. So there's, you know, words that I might change in my normal vocabulary, but just to make it easier on my brain, I'm just going to read it as it is. So cheap grace means grace sold on the market, like cheap Jack's wares. The sacraments, the forgiveness of sin, and the constellations of religion are thrown away at cut prices. Grace is represented as the church's inexhaustible treasury from which she showers blessings with generous hands without asking questions or fixing limits. Grace without price, grace without cost. The essence of grace, we suppose, is that the account has been paid in advance. And because it has been paid, everything can be had for nothing. Since the cost was infinite, the possibilities of using it and spending it are infinite. What would grace be if it were not cheap? Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, Mm. baptism without discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Yeshua, living and incarnate. That sums it up fairly well. Is that uh, from the book of uh, the high cost of discipleship? The cost of discipleship. Yep. The cost of discipleship. That, that's one that I re- I recommend to people. It's it's not an easy read. So Ryan. No, it's not. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. You know, whenever I think of discounts, I think of a story my grandfather told me one time. He used to be a um, a general manager for several drugstores. Um, I think Walgreens at one point, Rexall, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and one thing that he would do is he would go to the aisles uh, and find items that weren't selling. And let's say items that were 50 cents or 30 cents or whatever they were at the time. And he'd take those items and he'd put them all in a basket and put a, a sign on it that said everything in this basket, 99 cents. And he'd put it right by the door and watch it sell like hotcakes. Hmm. Um, only because the perceived value had changed. Uh not actually what the intrinsic value was, but what the or the actual value was, but what the perceived value was. Um, I think oftentimes in our mm. in our own display of the gospel, we must be careful that we are not 
portraying it in that same light gospel you know one for all only 99 cents um but actually mm -hmm. giving our salvation our the cost of our freedom the correct amount of weight in our walk and in our portrayal to others mm -hmm. i know i'm going a little off the path there yeah. a little bit with that no. maybe but no i don't i don't think so and I guess asking the question of in your day-to-day -day life, are you portraying your salvation, your your freedom in a flippant manner? Or is it serious? Are you treating it? I, I guess it was the, the idea of like, you know, if, if you go out and, and somebody sold you a car for $100. And then you have a car that, you know, cost a million dollars. Which one are you more likely to take down the bumpy gravel road to go see <laughs> grandma? <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, well, I got a few things I can go with there, but I'll, David, I'll turn it over to you. Mm, that's right. I was, I like that, that kind of the twist there of where we approach it. Because a lot of times we like to look at this whole salvation thing and think, oh, it's, since it's free, thus, and that's where I think we get our our mess we get messed up at. It's free, thus, it's cheaper, thus, like its value is less than thus. Like that's where our we can have a problem with, especially in very much look at that. Like, oh, uh, uh, item A is this much, and item B is much more expensive. So item B must be more. It must be a more value. It must be all this. What even though both those things were made at the same place just to have a different label whatever we have a very big problem with that so a lot of times we'll look at mm -hmm. salvation we could look at that same thing and since our modern day and how we view things is then looked at with salvation well since it's free thus it doesn't really come with a, ma a major cost that we have to actually put into it and then we wonder why we have issues that we do is it that it doesn't come? Okay, I, I'm just going to take a, a, off of just what you said there, David, because I think you're onto something. Um, is it that it doesn't have when it's when it's called free salvation, free redemption? Is it that it doesn't have any cost, or does the fact that it's free mean it doesn't have any worth to us? There, that, or, I think or the worth the is is minimalized, maybe. Mm -hmm. okay I, let me give you an example we make a perception of that yeah yeah let me give you an example um so we're, we're entering into the, the month of december uh which i think is one of the the most messed up months of, of the year in many different ways and i'm not talking about the 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 you know we go into the pagan roots and all that kind of, i'm not talking about that but it's a time that people just arbitrarily do things without thinking about them um and i'm not trying to be judgmental anywhere but just think about this toy drives or you know bring your bicycle we're going to fix it up we're going to give it to somebody that doesn't uh, that that can't that can't afford a bicycle or whatever it is studies have been done that the toys that are given away um are, are abused there, there's no worth you know you 
Well, let me let me t- let me back up with it. Uh, a friend of mine said that when their parents gave them a car when they were age sixteen, uh, and back in in my day, you didn't get a new one. Okay, you got like your mother's. Uh, you know, instead of trading it in for for 150 bucks, she gave it to you. That was my 64 Dodge Dart. Um, mm. And so the, the parents said, okay, we're going to give you a car. The first set of tires, you know, you got the tires on the car and it's it's free. The next set you buy. And so the, the this friend of mine said, you know, I went out, got in that car and I was squealing tires all over town. And then I had to go buy a set. And it's amazing how their foot became like a marshmallow on the gas pedal. Because those (laughs) tires cost them something. A bicycle Mm -hmm. that you had to work for, it cost you something. That which costs you something, you appreciate. It has more worth to you. So this concept that that salvation is a free gift of God, I think what has not been communicated well is the worth of that free salvation. Does that make, did I make any sense there? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I I think if I may, that in the teaching of the gospel, a lot of the parables that are surrounding it have been woefully left out. Mm. Uh, the idea of, you know, if you were to find a treasure in a field, would you not mm-hmm. sell all your earthly possessions to buy the field right. you know, for the treasure? Um, you know, the, the rich man selling all he has in order to obtain it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to look up the direct quote and, and forgive me for, um, for butchering it, but it talks about how if we sin after receiving the, you know, the salvation of mm-hmm. Yeshua, what sacrifice remains for us for to trample underfoot and treat as common the gift of God, his only son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – and I think that's what we're doing. If we treat our salvation as a, a free and commonplace item and not something that is of utmost – worth to us okay yeah and i think i think sometimes that the reason we can even have these conversations is because we live in prosperous times mm-hmm. um if you're not living living in prosperous times then these conversations become moot like they're they're non-existent because because that you really understand the, that things are costly in that sense you know, if you're if you're living in in times of, you know, world war or you know worldwide poverty or the Great Depression, then you have an idea, a bigger idea of what things actually cost and what it means if they disappear from you. Mm-hmm. And so, all these kind of things can they they really structure your understanding of of salvation. Essentially, they 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 mold your lens of how you view it through. And that's why it's important, I think, to surround yourself with people who have a lot of different stories um, because you start to hear the testimonies. You start to read books like The Cost of Discipleship or books by George Mueller, um, who had a uh, an orphanage mm-hmm. and just no money whatsoever, and yet God provided. Like Those things are super important because 
we can't really grasp them in our day and age because even though the economy is bad at the moment, it's not what it could be by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, you know, I just think there's something that's been rolling around in my head that I don't have any proof for. It's just kind of something I've been thinking about is I, I, I wonder, I wonder what kind of levels there are to the kingdom you know it it does say like you know don't store up treasure for yourselves on this side but treasure for yourselves over there and it seems to imply in that sense that some people are going to be storing up more treasure over there and some people are storing up less It, it kind of gives that implication in my mind and so what i think about is and i'm not trying to say i'm not trying to paint any picture of what that even means what that looks like over there but almost just levels of do people who say yes i want jesus and i um just kind of go about my life now and just kind of go through does that mean they're not saved like i don't know i don't think you could say absolutely not um by any means but the person that says i want him and i'm going to give up a lot for him that is, those are two people on two totally different planes. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a decision you essentially have to make. It's something you have to sculpt in your own life and, and understand like how much did it cost for him and how much am I going to put into that thing that he paid for me? Mm. David, you want to add to that? I was about to say, I was while you're talking about that, because it does seem to have, uh, I was thinking about Matthew 5, 17 through 19, uh, where it says, do not think I've come to abolish the Torah of the prophets. Uh, not until I'm going to try to paraphrase, try to speed it up here. Not until everything that must happen has happened. It will remain until all has passed away. So whoever teaches the least of these and teaches other do so will be called least. And whoever does basically does all of them and so teaches will be called great. So it, it does imply that there is something of, storing like you said there's a storing thing in the kingdom of heaven there is such a thing as storing in the kingdom of heaven and interesting point i feel like a lot of times you if we approach it as just free and then just it's offered freely right i think that's the the big thing is it is offered freely but what are you going to do with the free gift are you going to take it to the absolute most like a there's things you can get that you know that, okay, I can get the full run of the money that I've spent in this thing, whether it be vehicles usually, right? That's, that's the, I think everyone can kind of associate with that. And I think our audience that all has owned a vehicle and they know that one vehicle that no matter what they did, they could put money into it and it would just keep going. It would just keep going. It would never have a major failure. They just would change its oil and put the new tires on and just keep it get down the road. And that, that little car just was just so dependable. Then they got the new one and it was always in the manufacturer shop. It was always doing something. They're always trying to fix something. It was free, but still they're like, man, I just need something reliable. I just need something that keeps going. I kind of can't help but wonder if that's that part of that. What do we treat something that's free? Like you're saying, are we storing up things here in this, in this realm or storing up in the realm of the heavenlies? Are we storing up there? Because we could definitely go to far of, okay, I've received a free gift. Now, do I take this and then, well, I got the card. Uh, I could put that in my wallet here. I got the I got the salvation card. I, that's me. I'm I'm a card carrying mm. salvation. I got salvation. Or <laughs> no, 
I'm a, I'm platinum level good. salvation. I'm I'm using every last reward that they offer, every every discount they got. I'm using everything. Oh, I'm scouring all that. I kind of can't help but wonder if that's because you. I think every one of us has met where they're like, man, they took their salvation, and ran with it, and that's that's something that I wanted to bring kind of wrapped around in this because as someone that's grown up in this, and Daniel, I think that's where we can definitely compare because we both have grown up in this actually no ryan i mean we both we all three have grown up in this and hearing then mike's testimony from being out in the world and then coming in or going in and out right i think there's that those periods of time and i remember as a young person i'd always hear people talk about their testimonies and it would just be the most wild testimony ever and it was just like wow god did that for you wow i would just like in my mind like wow and i'm just like i just this is all I've ever known. I don't mm-hmm. really know what it's like not being in this. And it's not that I just, it's actually in a way, then you are kind of saying that, especially with kids that have grown up in this their whole life, whether it be Christianity or any version of that, whether any version of Messianic or Judaism that you've grown up in it, you kind of know that God just exists and you just are like there. Whereas there's quite a bit of people that have never felt that, never had that. And then when God does show up in their life, it, they just a complete 180 transformation. And you're like, that's, that's what God did for them. Like, what's that like for me? I don't, I'm just here. I'm just doing my thing. I don't understand that. And you just don't mm-hmm. understand its value. And I think that was, a, that's one of the biggest, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of young people go through a crisis of faith a lot of times because they really don't understand mm-hmm. that. They were just told, do this, do this, do this, but not have an understanding for why or go, you know what? It's time for you to experience it so you can see why that, where the value really is. I'll, I'll stop there. Real quick, at that uh, the example he used, <laughs> I love that, like the platinum card is all the, and yeah. I, I want to make a distinction real quick that like taking kind of taking that that picture of that that platinum card with all the rewards and it does it has all the rewards and it has all the things that you could possibly use and you can give that same card to elon musk and to a bratty rich kid who has everything like same card and it does have the same background and the same unlimitedness but one is going to be arrogant and rude and uh presumptuous and the other is going to be just more confident and knows how to approach things better like you you know what i'm saying like the 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 cocky rich kid is just like yeah i deserve everything and i you know i you just give me everything i want and that's how they that's how some people treat god Mm. but then the person who is super rich and they have that card it's just like i've worked really hard to be here and i just kind of I don't know. It's just a totally different approach. And I hope that people kind of pick up what I was trying to say there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if, okay, not, not, nothing against what everybody said tonight, but what if we're looking at it all backwards? Okay. So we're looking at it from the aspect of, well, um, my redemption, my salvation is free, which means I'm looking at it from my perspective. What if I turn around and look at the other side of this thing, which says that because of our sinful nature, it cost him everything. 
it cost him, it, it cost Messiah because of, and I don't understand why. I mean, I go through and read the scripture like everybody else does. It's like, okay, the sacrifices, and that was leading up to Yeshua who had to die and, and for the redemption. And I, I don't understand exactly the the workings of it all. I just understand that this is what he put into, in. this is how he put things in. And maybe one day, when I stand before him, it'll all be made much clearer. Mm. But until then, it's faith. Mm -hmm. And it is the realization that what I have done in my life, whether it was, you know, a, 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 the, the little sins, the big sins, uh, or, or just the very fact that I was a, a human being that has been given a fallen nature, whatever it is, in order for me to have that free gift, it cost Messiah his very life. I know that he was resurrected, but, you know, how many, how many people, especially Messianic Hebrew roots people, have actually spent time going through the gospel accounts of the death of Messiah? Mm. And imagining in their mind what it was like to have 39 lashes with a, a, a whip that was impregnated with pieces of bone, that his back was laid open, a, a crown of thorns upon his head nails that were driven through you know imagine a nail being driven through your wrist nails through your feet hanging upon an execution stick the writings are that when people looked upon him in that day that they really couldn't tell if he was human or not you know when i came to the realization of what he had paid for me to have that free gift it rearranged it, it rearranged everything about my life and so maybe in this free gift when we're focusing it on ourselves there's a tendency to cheapen it but when we turn the focus onto him we really see the worth of it all hmm. i want to jump i think i want to jump off what you're saying there mike this is something that i appreciated talking with a lot of uh, young people especially but i've talked with everybody about this uh you said that that he gave all so that we have i would say we even get a chance an opportunity a shot we get that so in my mind i've i've thought about this a little a bit like you said like how gruesome all this is and how all these things but then if this is for us in this in this world why like you say it every time at Revive, you guys are all the most amazing people ever to be here because God chose you guys to be here today. And those of you who are listening, no matter how tough it is right now, no matter how tough, it's going to get better. This is when olives are pressed, that's where the purest oil comes from is when they're pressed really hard. So we want to acknowledge you guys that are listening. You might be going through it rough right now. It's only for a season that you just got to go through this pressing. But there's a reason why. 
because God also saw value in you. Yeah. And you also don't see the value in you. He saw value in you. So like you said, like you said, look, look at his side. He gave all for us. That means there's an, also an idea then that do we actually not look at ourselves highly worth a lot? Because he paid an awfully high price for us to be here and intersect our lives, especially those who have had a massive intersection with God before mm. or those who have literally grown up within their whole life. Yeah, there's a reason for you being that you've grown up in this their whole life. You would think, oh, well, I'm supposed to be a lot further along. Maybe you just haven't realized the – to go back to the analogy, maybe you just haven't realized that all the rewards on that card that you've been carrying, if you just – learn to use them and be, be willing to submit to the process that it requires. That's, let me put that caveat in there. There's a process and that's where you're getting. Yeah. There's, that, there's that giving part. Yeah. And what, what I just thought of there is um, kind of taking what you guys are saying. When you put the focus on him, it clarifies what the purpose of it all was. It wasn't so that we could go around and use the rewards. It was so that it's not so that other things could be free. It's so that we could be free. Mm-hmm. And um, the book, the the Pilgrim's Progress, um, it's just one huge allegory. Yeah. Um, and my my favorite part from that book is when Christian, the the protagonist, is in a cage in the giant despair's home so he's being trapped by a giant named despair and he's just spending so much time there and they go it goes through pages and pages of like his experience and then eventually it's like one of those things that if you actually kind of watched it happen it would be like one of the most pitiful things you would ever see but it's so simple and it's so hard to remember like he had the key to get out the whole time and of course the giant's name is despair and so that that's just what i'm thinking of right now is that he paid the price so that we could be free from the enemy who would try to make us feel like we have debts to pay that we don't mm-hmm. all of this uh, reminded me i'm gonna become famous now for just reading song lyrics i'm sorry but... <laughs> no you're not gonna become famous you already are famous uh, yeah, right. sure. <laughs> Right, Jerry? So, <laughs> so uh, Dylan Litchfield shared this song with me the other night. Uh, it's called Nails by uh, Maddie Mullins. I don't know if you guys have heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes, uh, where was the army of angels when the crowd yelled crucify? And how could a last breath be taken by the one whose breath becomes life? All my guilt, all my shame, the nails that pierced you bore my name. The father's face turned away. Nothing made sense that day. But now I see it was your love for me holding you on that tree. It wasn't the nails. Hmm. You chose the death of a sinner to give me the life of a saint. And you left the heights of the heavens to show me the depths of your grace. You took my guilt. You took my shame. Now resurrection bears my name. By your blood, I've been saved. Nothing could stand in your way. Now I see it was your love for me holding you on that tree. It wasn't the nails. Because with just one word, you could have stopped all the hurt. 
but it was your love, your grace, your mercy holding you there. It wasn't the nails. I think that's kind of sums a lot of that up. Yeah. What was the artist again? <laughs> Maddie Mullins. So, so are we kind of coming to the conclusion that the, the idea of free salvation may come back to a, how do I, how do I even phrase this? The lack of, a seeming lack of worth for each of us. Mm. The, I think so. The, if we don't, if we don't understand the the price that he paid, um, Kathy, my wife, and Daniel's mom used to sing a song. We'd do special music, at, you know, in church. And one of my favorites was um, I can't remember the author, but the the words were here. I go, Ryan. I'm I'm learning from you. Um, <laughs> he grew the tree that would be used to make the old rugged cross. Ooh. I mean, I mean, you yeah. think about that of, uh, from the, from the heavenly realm, he looked and, and, and saw a, a, a tree planted. He saw a seed that would come out of the ground knowing that, you know, and that, that tree was probably, it was an olive tree, I believe. And that tree was probably planted and and began to sprout. Could have been hundreds of years before Messiah even was alive. Mm -hmm. And that tree was was he nurtured that tree. Um, it was possible that Messiah would have walked by that tree so many times, and then would have been nailed to it. And all the while, because of our worth. So when we when we just look at salvation as 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 free, we're not seeing the worth in each of us. And maybe that's the stumbling block. I think so. Hmm. Yeah, and I think our kind of our opening lines it's 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 pretty appropriate. Um, especially in the light of the season we're in, there's so much impulse, um, so much impulse. And I can neither confirm nor deny if I have partaken in such impulses ever. I just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there's just so many, like, I don't know about you guys, but I get probably like 30 emails a day, at least this right now. Oh, it's, it's insane. And so there's just so much impulse and there's so much opportunity for impulse. And thankfully God is not like that. He's never been like that with us. There's not just these moments where he's just doing things impulsively. And that's not how he approached that time of paying everything he had. It, it has been, it was on his heart to pay the full price that only he could pay since the beginning of creation he had been thinking about it and planning for it the entire time from the foundations of the universe so let me just butt in here so what you're saying daniel is that we were not the blue light special at kmart either <laughs> nope for him <laughs> he didn't wait for us to become for okay there's a there's a sale on sinners 
aisle number three. Then I'll go over and see if I can find a few. He was willing to give the ultimate price without bargaining, without waiting for buy one, get one free day. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and considering that, you know, he he knew this would take place, yet, like we mentioned in previous episodes, he still chose to go ahead with his creation, knowing the ultimate cost. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Oh, go ahead. But no, I I think of uh, the story of when Abraham is taken and they're they're overlooking Sodom and Gomorrah, and God goes, "All right, I'm going to destroy the city." And he says, "Well, would you destroy it for you know for a hundred? And then he 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 gets him all the way down to ten. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if. Maybe Abraham didn't go low enough. What if God was already at one? Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And even in our case, he was already at one. That's true. And I I don't I I don't think you can I don't think you could refute that. Um that he man just knowing how he talked of himself leaving the 99 for the one mm-hmm. I, I i don't think you could say he wouldn't yep. and we always and, i mean in fact go ahead no, i was just going to say we like to look at at uh success in numbers yeah you know yeah hmm. yeah so, that's you true. know they, they, they say there's been well, right now there's about, I think last time I looked, about 8 billion people on planet Earth. And fascinating to me is that when I was born, there was about three, just over 3 billion. Um, so that's the exponential growth of, of the population. Uh, many believe uh, about now that, and I'm just kind of pulling a number out, okay, that there, there may have been as many as 20 billion people that have been alive since creation could be more could be, you know, it could be a little bit more than that considering they were, you know, begotten for a lot more years in those early days. But, um, (laughs) so there could be, there could have been 20 billion people since creation. And what I'm hearing you guys say is this, that God looking down, knowing the end out of the beginning declaring the end out of the beginning seeing 20 billion people that would say no to him but one person that would say yes he decided to go through with the whole plan anyway for one yep leaving not not the 99 behind but the 20 the the the, the 19 billion 999 you know <laughs> yeah yep nine repeating yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of puts things into a different perspective for you, you know, that that's the kind of worth that you sees in each one of us. Like a rich man mm-hmm. selling all his possessions to go forget the yeah. treasure. Out of the land. And, you know, I've been uh, I've been reflecting today, as I often do, especially on my birthday, um, just kind of like 
And just these mile markers, you end up kind of reflecting on the past year or whatever. And I was just kind of, you know, thinking of the various things that have happened this year and things that I was happy with or sad with, uh, the way I approached certain situations that I was like, yeah, that was good. And then many of that were like, not good, not good, dude, you got to do better. <laughs> and so I was just kind of going through all this stuff and, you know, really just trying to, I was talking to God, of course, about this, because if I, if I let myself define my time on the earth in any given span of time, I'm always going to be wrong. And so it's, it's at, it's imperative that I let him define me and I let him define how I approach things. And so I'm trying to talk to him and get his thoughts about all this stuff and just talking to him like, okay, what, what was that moment in this past year that kind of made me shut down in this part of my heart? And what it all came back to, what he was, what he was kind of speaking to my heart, what it all came back to is every single thing that you're listening to me right now, none of them would be an issue if you knew how much I loved you. Hmm. Wow. None of them would be an issue if you really understood what it meant to be in Messiah. And just talk about a sucker punch <laughs> that I, it's, it's really that simple. It, and I see this is exactly what we're talking about, that it all comes back to how much, how great the father's love for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. No matter what we think, what we're, our value is, whatever we think is our challenge, God's always, like he said, that's always the thing that blows me away the most is how much we can be. Uh, this last year was definitely something that uh, made me really ponder on that idea of uh, God's not afraid of us being very honest with him about where we're at, what we feel, what we're going through. He's not afraid of the worst thing we could say. I mean, how how could he when he did what he did all those years ago? If we think about it, when our Messiah did all he did, so some being upset and mad—that's gonna. Oh, you think that that God can't hear that? You gotta bury that deep inside of no, because he's gonna give you perspective. Like he said, he'll give you perspective outside of all. They go if you just only knew, if you only knew. Oh man, that always breaks me every time. Oh, geez. Well, Ryan. Yeah, I think both Dave and Daniel hit on it. It's sometimes we think it's like, well, I, I can't. You're afraid of being honest with God as if he already doesn't see it. You know what I mean? It says he knows yeah. the hearts of, you know, he knows the hearts of men and that he sways the hearts of kings. You know what I mean? Like he, he knows what's in there. You know, we like that. Well, the Lord knows my heart. Well, he does. And it says it's, you know, uh, exceedingly evil, <laughs> but he also knows your your desires, your dreams, your capabilities, your fears, your the things that you you struggle with. Uh, yet, 
like we've just discussed now, he still chose to pay the ultimate price for you because all of that that you had, uh, the the entire package that you are, he put together. He know what he knows what's in there. Yeah, yeah. Just for the analogy, we've been saying, I think a lot of times, even though we have this the uh, the what we've been saying now, free is not free. We have this gift of salvation. And then when we wanted to uh, advertise ourselves to God, we put a 99.9999% discount on ourselves and put ourselves in the very back aisle so that he never wants to choose us because we just think we're so unusable, yeah. if I could say that, or un mm-hmm. uh, of no value. But he's the one that comes in and goes – I won't pay the I won't pay the discounted price. I'm paying the full amount yeah. for this, yeah. and that's that's a perspective change to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I was I was reading a book kind of on the concept, sorry, of of what we're talking about, and it was written from a Christian author, and so he ended up talking a lot about um, essentially the. It was interesting because he wasn't necessarily just outright saying the law has been done away with, but he was coming at it from the approach that even me believing that the Torah is for us to observe, I couldn't disagree with what he was saying because everything that he was saying was around how people, he was using it as an example of how people try to use uh, things that we do to earn God's love. Yeah. And I think I think that people within our belief system of observing the Torah can really fall into that and mm-hmm. really fall into the the idea that if I don't do this to the T, then God's going to be upset with me. Ooh. And and I mean, it's a serious thing. And, and again, like, you know, I, I listen to books from people of that have different viewpoints than me. And it was just really, really fascinating because. I was like, I can't, I can't disagree with what this guy is saying Mm -hmm. because I know so many people that are like that, that do try Mm -hmm. to achieve their salvation. They try to achieve by works, Mm -hmm. you know, God being happy with them. And, and what it comes down to is the Torah is how you're supposed to live your life. It it is, that is, that is what I believe. It's what you guys believe. We believe that that God has put that in place because we, he knows that how humans need to interact with each other. It's very practical, but it is not our salvation. Yeshua is our salvation and God does not uh, measure his love for us based upon how good our obedience is. Hmm. I think what you've gotten to, Daniel, right there is another program. <laughs> uh, <Probably> man. <laughs> one that definitely needs to be addressed. And uh, maybe we'll come back to that next week. And um, before we get before we go, we've got just a couple of minutes. We'd be very remiss if we did not mention that there is still a war going on in Israel. Um, yes. We talk about freedom. Um, so far, over 50 hostages have their freedom. Yeah. Why? Uh, because of a group of men and women who were willing to give their lives for them. Uh, I was mm-hmm. on, on a, a WhatsApp uh, call just, uh, just well, since our last program with an IDF soldier 
uh, that was home for just a few hours to take a shower was heading back. And uh, it is, I don't know if he knew any of the, the hostages that were there, but he was willing to go back and he was willing to give his life for any of them, whether he knew it, knew them or not. And, um, you know, that is the greater love is no man than to lay his life down, uh, not just for a friend, but for somebody you don't even know. And so, you know, freedom is something that is, uh, there, there's a battle for it. So, you know, I just would like to, to run around real quick and give you guys just a minute to, to, uh, encourage people of how not to allow this war in Israel to just become something that's, oh, it's happening over there and doesn't affect me. If you can mm. think of something to, to throw in there with that, I kind of gave you guys a curveball. I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. What's new? It was like, what's new? Like that, that was to be expected. I was like, yeah. nope, war's still going on in Israel. It's the app still keeps, I know that it's been like a ceasefire for, I, I mean, ceasefire. I mean, we all know how those go, yeah. but um, there have these things that were negotiating all this stuff, but we don't know what's going to happen because in their mind, they consider that leverage. So, you know, that's what's happening. It's their leverage. It's how much can they achieve, how much they can get. So we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Yeah. Uh, this is something that only God is aware of that we, we don't understand when, the, when this is going to officially end because as far as I'm concerned, this isn't going to end until Messiah is actually reigning on earth at this, at this point, yeah. because this will constantly, it might dip down. It might get peaceful for a time and then sudden destruction. And where we heard that before. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, it could be that we have no idea. Right. This is, uh, it's something to remember. It's something to remember that during Sukkot, the land was savagely invaded, not to kill soldiers, not to go after government officials, to go after people that said they aligned with their cause and then took them hostage and used them as bait for the whole world to watch and then went, how dare Israel do what they're doing? And then then on top of all that, their own other countries that are, let me be, be careful here, that would believe similarly to them go, nah, they can't come here. Yeah. Now we refuse to act, but how dare Israel act on its own interest? Yeah. This is going to be like this for, uh, I sure wish it wouldn't. I wish that it wouldn't last like this way, but we already know what scripture says. The peace will not officially let be. Not, let us not forget it. Hmm. Yeah. Can't forget this. Ryan, Daniel. Nope. Uh, I've said before, uh, but you cannot separate God from his land or his people. And so, mm -hmm. You know, maybe even unlike many of the other wars in history, this is this is a war taking direct action against his land and against his people. Yeah. And so if it is important to the creator, it should be important to us. I think well I'll leave said. it at that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do not grow weary in doing good. And praying for Israel, supporting Israel financially, whatever you can do is is a good thing to not grow weary of doing um that being said allow yourself to remember that it might not come naturally for you if you haven't been there or if you are are, are new to this and so you know don't let the the enemy like invade you with guilt because you don't feel enough just 
understand that it takes vigilance and diligence to remain committed to the prayer and the support of Israel and do your part and do the best you can and God will do the rest, but just stay vigilant to, to not, not stop. Don't st- whatever you have done or are doing, just keep doing it. Hmm. On my desk is a verse that uh, is right before me all my, all, all the time on my computer. It's the words of Jeremiah that say, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. But I'm just, I just thinking about it as I was looking at these, these words that there's a verse the enemy has for you, for each of us. Also, I know the plans I have for you says Satan, they are plans for evil and not for good to give you no future and no hope. Maybe that's a good time to figure out whose translation we want to read. Amen. Something to think about because the creator has always already proven how much he is committed to us. I think his commitment is far greater than what the enemy says. Guys, till next week, God willing, see you then. (laughs) Sounds good.